0: Stop. I thought I told you that we won't stop. Welcome ladies and gentlemen to TNT Hoops Shoot Around Volume 4. Conversation that Quiddy and I just decided to have this morning after the first two games of the playoffs were finished for all the teams just to kind of assess our predictions from TNT Hoops uh, episode thirteen I believe. In this episode we talked about the Toronto series dropping that first game against the Lando and bouncing back really strong last night um, on Tuesday. We also talked about Golden State splitting with the Clippers, losing that 31-point lead. Denver and uh, San Antonio splitting as well. Jamal Murray essentially saving the series for the Nuggets with that 21-point performance. Talked a little bit about Milwaukee, a little bit about Houston. Uh, addressed that OKC and Portland series where Damon C.J. are really going off right now. And then, of course, our Philadelphia 76ers. Enjoy. Thank you for listening to TNT Hoops Shooter out Volume 4. On the line, we have again our co-host, Quiddy Slinger. Quiddy, what's good?
1: What's poppin'? Show, how you doing?
0: I'm alright, man. I'm all right. Week's halfway over, hump day, man, so I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, um, so How right. are you doing?
1: I'm good, man. Just chilling. Had a smooth weekend. My boy Derek got married. Y'all yeah, know Derek, he's the yeah. you know Derek is the producer on here for a little bit. He's gonna be back soon, but uh Derek got married. So I like
0: congrats,
1: congrats to the cuzzo. <laughs>
0: Yeah, congrats, Derek. That's amazing. Uh forty three days seemed like a long time when we had the the ad on there or you never cool.
1: That definitely was yeah, forty three days the ad was gone. But yeah, you get it. Uh congrats to <laughs> my guy. What's up yeah, though, bro? Uh, Let's get into some stuff.
0: Yeah, uh so we just kinda wanted to kind of I guess let the playoffs let the first two games of the playoffs go. Um started on four thirteen on Saturday. Um uh, Quitty and I just wanted to just kind of get a feel for how things were going. Um, see all of the series and get a landscape of how the playoffs are going to play out. Um, as you guys know, we laid out some of our predictions on episode 13 uh, about a week ago. Um, so again, tonight we're kind of just give you guys a shoot around, <laughs> kick some of our thoughts back and forth, 20 one another, and, uh, we'll get into it. The first thing I kind of wanted to touch on though was just, um, I know this isn't a golf pod- t- podcast, but, uh, Tiger Woods won his fifth Masters over the weekend again. And it was uh, real cool to see for someone who didn't grow up in the prime of Tiger's career um, in the late 90s, early 2000s, um, just to kind of see him make a return to greatness and to the, the peak, I guess, of golf. quid uh, did you get a chance to see any of that?
1: I didn't, you know, I didn't watch it. I don't really watch I don't watch golf, but uh, I was following because um, obviously I saw um, it was getting real close to the end. They said a lot of guys around him. Like all those dudes were like getting nervous and they was getting those nerves. So that was pretty cool. They yeah. were saying like, it was kind of that tiger effect. So that was pretty cool. I mean, obviously what he's been through and it was like a thing in sports where you don't see all the time. It was pretty rare where everybody was pulling from him, pulling for him. You know what yeah. I mean? It was kind of that yeah, type of film.
0: And something I heard from the uh, golf experts that, uh, it was a really cool fact to I me. Mean, it was just that since tiger has played at Augusta so many times, um, he shot even par for the first 12 holes. And so in golf, if for some, from some of our listeners that don't follow the sport in an 18 I'm, hole game, I'm one, I'm,
1: <laughs> I'm one of them.
0: <laughs> yeah. I want, yeah,
1: Explain that. Explain that, bro.
0: <laughs> in an 18 hole game on like the last round of the tournament. um, It's really difficult. To just as you said, stay composed throughout. So Tiger being the veteran that he is shot, even par, which means like, so say if it takes three shots to make it in the hole, or that's the average, he was right on that. Um, right into like the late stages of the match. And then he shot minus three um, in those last six holes. And then I think it was like, what, hole 15 or 16 where he almost had a hole in one. And it was just kind of one of those cool Tiger moments where um, an impossible shot uh, Mm -hmm. for any average golfer, even good golfer. So it was just kind of cool to see him just um, make those plays again, I guess, just to be frank.
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: Yeah. But this is a basketball podcast, so we're going to get back into the playoffs. But, again, shout out to Tiger Woods, man. Um, and we'll get right Tiger, into our Tiger playoff Woods. review. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's start with the West uh, since I, I think the Western Conference is kind of more set in stone than the East. Uh, we'll start with that Golden State and Clippers series. Golden State defeated Los Angeles 121-104 to uh, that first night. Um, Covering that 13 and a half point spread, uh, keynotes from that game, Steph Curry, the all time leader in playoff threes passing Ray Allen with 386. Um, and he's had more since then. What are your thoughts on just kind of that first game with Golden State and Los Angeles? Um,
1: so first off, uh, we got to mention that KD and Pat Beverly got, you know, ejected at the end of that game. It was getting kind of chippy yeah. there at the end. Uh, the game seemed to be out of reach, though. You know, Golden State was—they've been clicking towards the end of the year, and they it kind of carried over to that first game of the playoffs. Uh, you know, first—I mean, last first game at Oracle, <laughs> last first playoff <laughs> game at Oracle. So you know, yeah. we got a uh, playoff Draymond. You know, he had seventeen, eight boards, seven assists. Yeah. Playoff—we haven't seen that guy in a while. So I mean, the Warriors look good.
0: Um, I think the quote from Draymond was "uh my my shit work again" is what he said. Confirms his jump shot. So <laughs> he said
1: that. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, yeah, Clippers. Clippers looked um just like that young team, you know, just fighting, just just happy to be there. Kind of that first game, obviously going hard, but Golden State just was better in stretches, and then obviously that second game was ridiculous. <laughs> Lou Williams, <Yeah. laughs> Lou Williams took over. Yeah, some Landry Shaman in there. Man, he always gonna be part of the process. But yeah, some Landry Shaman in there. That was pretty cool to see. They came back from, what, thirty one down?
0: Yeah, thirty-one down with seven thirty one left in the third quarter. Um, and like you yeah. said, Lou Williams, Montres Harold kinda started to take that game over. Um Golden State, at, like they seem just a little lax Like when you're up thirty one and I can understand it. That's why I'm not really if if I were a Golden State <laughs> fan, I wouldn't be that upset because like you're up 31 again in the first round. Of 31 the playoffs, is a
1: lot of points to be yeah. up, though. To give that you're that's probably... so many points. Like what, they were sleep. Like what was good? Yeah. Like how did that get? To, I mean, I know what you mean. Like not man, excusable. It was,
0: yeah, not it's excusable. Just, I don't.
1: It's, it's just so many points that like there has to be a point where you have to lock in and be like, all right, well, this you know 20 point lead can't turn to 15 and 12. Like you just you just got to keep it. You know what I mean? Keep your foot on the gas. Yeah. But but that's, that's one thing a, that's, i
0: am to the guys- league, you know, like just guys, veteran guys like Lou Williams, Gallinari, like Patrick Beverly, like if you're going to fall asleep against them in the playoff game, they're playing hard every single possession, like right. it's still the NBA and they build able to whittle down a lead, but continue right. over sir
1: Those guys, yeah, exactly like you were saying, those guys have nothing to lose. They're out there scrapping, you know what I'm saying? All those dudes got a chip on their shoulder, you know, from how their careers have went. Pat Beverly, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams has bounced around, so I, I feel that vibe. Now I was saying about KD, I was saying about Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't been shooting the ball as much. You know, Pat Beverly's is like a pest, and you saw that. He was in the media today talking about it, um, how he could shoot every time and just shoot over him, but he said, I can get to, you know, take a one-dribble pull-up with the help yeah. defender coming at me, but I can make 43% of those shots, and that's yeah. not kind of like what we're looking for here. Exactly. And, you know, last night, he, last night he shot, only eight shots from the field, 12 free throws, you know, he's getting to the line. He's still aggressive, mm-hmm. but he only shot eight times from the field. So. In a game where they probably needed him at the end, and he fouled out, Um, you know, getting those chippy calls with Pat Beverly. So, it's that an interesting series? I mean, what do you think is ultimately going to end in? We predict, I mean, I predicted sweep. I don't know about you.
0: I forgot um, what you said. Looking at it now, I think I said it was going to end in the sweeper, the gentleman sweep. Um, I yeah. I'm sure the gentleman sweep, but I think, yeah, right now, it's. I think it's going to end in five. Um, it was good for the yeah. Clippers to kind of get that win just to, I think it's. Kind of proving to potential free agents, um, that they do have a good enough core that can support a star and they would just need that one guy to kind of get them over the hump. Um, right. Doc Rivers again, that's like good. we always said, he's done a great job just giving SGA a lot of quality minutes, putting Shaman in those positions like late game to hit those th- hit that three. Um, and they're a good team, man. Like it's just well rounded. So that's, something like, that's something you can't take away from the Clippers. Um, no matter the outcome of the series, although it does look bleak for them. Well, yeah, okay, I could do,
1: I'm sorry, am I saying now, Montrezl Harrow and Lou Williams, I saw somebody say they were the best, best you know, bench duo of all time, and they might be because they're going to be first and second and six man voting this year. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of crazy. And also... Do you I mean, consider
0: what, that a bench duo, though? Like, really? Like, I mean, uh, I I understand they, they come off of the bench, but they play starter minutes, you know? Like, it's well, not really... That's
1: what all six... I mean, that's what all six men do, though. Right Like, that's what you mean. That's... Why well, you're a six man because you're supposed to bring that spark off the bench, but you're still, you know, one of the better players on the team. So you're most likely going to be closing games out. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: Like most six men are. Like most six men. Like when I say six man, I mean the top guys in the league off the bench. You're going to be yeah. playing starters minutes if you're, you know, if mean, you're that good. Yeah. But let's move on. Let's move on.
0: Yeah. Um, to the Houston and Utah series. Uh, Houston got the first win against Utah, one twenty two to ninety. Um, impressive yeah. performance again from Harden, Chris Paul. Uh. Utah has a really weird defensive strategy as we've been seeing a lot, uh, trying to force Harden to the right. Um, and he's just been, I think after he saw it, I think with two weeks left to go in the regular season, and they kind of showed their hand early, which was a stupid move by Quinn Spider. Um, Harden has just been picking it apart. Um, the Rockets, it seems like they could do anything from, like when when Harden has all the space in the order, he's just going to make the correct play. Um, he had 10 assists that game as well. Um, just finding open spots on the floor. Uh Chris Paul just as always just being just completely solid as a point as a floor general. Um 14.7 assists, Eric Gordon contributing as well, going through or five from the three point line. Uh what are your thoughts, just kind of how the Rockets have been handling Utah recently? I
1: don't really have many thoughts on that series. It's kinda of, it it was it was one of those series where you kind of knew what you're gonna get.
0: Uh let I me mean, rephrase that. Of, what, I, what do you what do you think about Utah, like just kind of like handling Houston the second year, because it's the second year they've played in the playoffs. And I thought they would have done a lot better of a job.
1: The only problem is James Harden is so much better and their system is another year, you know, in the, in the work, in the works here. And I was trying to tell you about this earlier in the year. I mean, if they master this way. They're going to give Golden State a run for their money, especially with Boogie going down. I kind of wanted to say that. I wanted to say that uh, in the last series with the Clippers, yeah, um, I want to say about the Clippers series, I might go six. I might go six if LA wins a game. You know, they might split in in LA. But back to Houston, uh, they they've mastered their system, bro. Like one twenty two, I don't know, one twenty two tonight. I mean, one twenty two the first game, one eighteen tonight. I mean, they score they score a lot of points. They get up and down. You know how Houston plays? It's, it's hard to stop them with James Harden dominating the ball and just being such a, a amazing isolation scorer. You know what I mean? Probably the best we've seen you know, just off the bounce. Uh, so, I mean, Houston is just looking. Houston looks great. And Utah, I mean, they're, they're going to hang around because uh, they play defense. But the games is either going to be, you know, really close where Houston is getting it's like a nail nail-biter, where Houston is getting kind of, you know, tight at the end, or there's going to be blowouts like these, these first two games have been. So this series isn't – I think it'll go five or six, not nothing I didn't expect.
0: Okay. Um, Utah I- doesn't
1: have enough scoring.
0: What would Utah have to do, I guess, next year to kind of put themselves in a better position? Like, what are the improvements you think they have to make?
1: Um, See, the thing about the NBA is so simple. Like, when you break down, you know, what a team needs to do to get to the next level. So, like, a team like Utah, like, the best players in the league are the Wings, the KDs, the LeBrons, the the Giannis. you got to get a – they have to get a legit wing, back can guard on the wing position and score. like I said, this about Joe Ingles. like he can play, but I mean, what 32, 32 minutes, four shots from the field, three points in game one. Like it, it just, it, you're not, you're not winning with that. You need yeah. somebody that's going to be able to, you know, get you at 20 to 25 points from the wing in a playoff game, be able to get his own shot and then guard on the other end. There's not that many guys in the league like that, but I mean, they have to find somebody in the draft or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or get it, we get it collectively as a unit. I obviously, get their defensive team. You know, Rudy Gobert and uh, Derek Favors, a lot of the defensive minded bigs. But I don't know. They need, they need to, they need to be able to score the ball. Yeah. So yeah. that, I mean, that's what I said.
0: I completely agree. Let's move on to the San Antonio and Denver series, a series that you and I both predicted was going to be close. You, I think you picked Denver in seven, and I picked San Antonio. I picked... And I, yep, picked I picked San Antonio seven. Um, the first game of the series, San Antonio beat Denver one Oh one to 96. Um, great distribution production from the San Antonio side, uh, LA and Rose and both had like, I think 18 points, um, just really slowed the game down against Denver that whole night. Uh, Denver also didn't really shoot particularly well. 21%. Um, I think that's more indicative of just kind of how San Antonio's closed down the space on Jokic, um, at the top of the circle. Um, didn't really let all of those cuts happen. Uh what did you think? Bro. Right.
1: Um, so I didn't catch much of that game, but I think this series is interesting. And I think it's interesting because both teams play so similar. Yeah. And what I mean by that is just, you know, a system. They play the same way every night. You know, they move the ball, they share the ball, you know, the ball's hopping, they got it's a it's a balanced scoring. It's always balanced scoring throughout the team. So that starting five is gonna be balanced in like the fifteen to twenty range. You know, get a couple guys off the bench that would score the ball a little bit, you know what I mean? So, this series was really interesting to me. Um, I, I don't know, I had Denver in seven, but I, it look, I mean, they San Antonio split that first two. I, feel, I know they're feeling good going back home. Yeah. I don't really think they have an answer for uh, Damar or you know, Lamar, uh, Aldridge when they really get back home and really start you know, clicking. And the Spurs are such a great three-point shooting team, which is so important in the playoffs. They don't shoot many, but they shoot a high clip. Yeah. So I don't know. This series is uh, definitely interesting. Yeah. But I'll, I mean, I'll stick with my my pick, Denver in seven.
0: Yeah, and like you said, like Denver's big win last night, one fourteen to one hundred five. Jamal Murray essentially saved their season last night. Um, definitely did. It was, it was. He definitely did. Definitely got real scary for them down the stretch. Um, he was 0 for 8 the first three quarters and scored 21 in the fourth. Uh, San Antonio just kind of really showed their fortitude once again. Like, for it to be the second game, uh, on the road in the playoff series, like most teams are kind of laid down by that point and say, hey, listen, we've already got our win away. Um, let's just get back to San Antonio. But, um, if it weren't for that crazy outburst, um, even though the game seemed a little tilted in the favor of Denver by the rest, uh, San Antonio would have been leaving there 2-0. Uh, so. Right. Like I think just for, for me, I'm really yeah, you
1: know, yeah, Big time performance by that kid. I mean yeah. he, he balled like he, he turned it on, he wasn't shooting well in the first three quarters and fourth quarter he said his winning time and he put the team on his back. And that's the you kind of respect that. that's
0: the kind of superstar performance that you kinda of need, just like you said that Utah was lacking in the playoffs for to mm-hmm. push you over the top. Like it can't just be Jokic the whole time. Like he's not the kind of star that is going to take over a game late when like things really get tight and you're quote-unquote offenses work and Kenny Smith was just talking about um, the last four or five minutes of the game, um, it's more about making plays than running plays Um, and so Jamal Murray did a great job of that Uh, moving on to the Portland guys that continue I
1: was saying guys that can can score off the bounce is just so important in the playoffs, like a guy like Jokic is, you know, he's Al Horford times three or times, you know what I mean he's Al Horford times three or four the style of play they play now, is not taking over a game late for you. Obviously, Jokic is a much better player, but it's kind of the same, you know, same case for you for him. So I, I agree with what you're saying there.
0: Yeah, Uh, no, Barton also struggling a lot in that series. I think they're probably gonna probably switch to Malik Beasley uh, probably for the third game, just because you can't start off that slow. Uh, they were down 19 uh, last night. You can't start off that slow against the team like San Antonio, because like you and I have both said, like they're able to control a game and they know how to play with the lead. So hopefully that series goes seven just because for as a basketball fan, like I know my prediction was six, but I would love to see just seven games of that. It's incredible basketball. All right. We're well, moving on to the Portland series. Um The series that for me particularly is a little bit of a disappointment because I picked OKC in six not thinking, we're thinking that uh Portland didn't have enough with Canner going down. But, Dame and CJ have really proved me wrong to this point. Um, first game, they went one hundred and four to one hundred and four to ninety nine, and Dame and CJ just kind of went crazy. Dave ended with thirty four and four, um, CJ ended with twenty four six and six. Uh, you being a guy that really supports CJ, uh, Lea guy, give me your thoughts on his performance in the playoffs so far. Um, and what has he shown you? What have Portland shown you up until now in the first <laughs> few games?
1: I couldn't wait to talk about this series. This is, this is my favorite series. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just think it's funny, you know, uh, You know the whole thing with Russ and Dame going back and forth during the regular season. Russ was saying, I've been busting your ass for years or whatever. And then in interviews, he kind of doesn't want to talk about Dame. And Dane's kind of giving to him right now, so it's just funny to see. But C.J., I mean, C.J.'s took it up a notch this year. It's, it's great to see, you know, after seeing last year against, you know, the Pelicans, how, how was a, a disappointment, them being a higher seed, you know, probably having two of the three best players in the series. Um, so we thought before Drew Holiday locked up Dane, <laughs> C.J. was on. Before, you know what I'm saying, yeah. before they put the clamps on those boys, Um. But yeah, they they both stepped up this year. It's great to see. They're playing with that swag. If they can go split one in OKC, the series is over. But I, I mean, I, I still see OKC winning. T- I mean, I, I'm not surprised if OKC wins two straight. They play well. They play well at, um, at the arena. Uh, I see. Yeah, I see OKC winning two more. But then, then it's a series. You know what I mean? But like I said, obviously, how these series go, if they split, if... You know, Dame and CJ get hot for one game how in OKC, and they split. The series is over um, yeah. in five or six in Portland's favor, and we both picked OKC in six. So definitely interesting. But I, like I said, it's my favorite series. I think it's so funny how, how <laughs> Dame is going right at that. Yeah. Dude.
0: And, and to your point, so OKC so, was 4-0 against them in the regular season this year. So right, Russ had every yeah. reason to kind of make those comments about, killing Dame, and I and I can understand how there's a kind of pilot in a Dame, which is kind of going in this playoff series. Um, another thing for me about Portland, Cantor, Collins, and uh, Cantor, Collins, and Leonard uh, playing that center's position, kind of just sharing those minutes, um, more so Collins and Cantor. They've done a really good job handling Adams. Like, at like they've just made every single play that Dame and CJ have asked them to, whether it's just catching it right underneath the basket on, like, a drive and kick, or like, it, they, they've just done... A sensational job, um, just controlling the glass.
1: Sensational. Sensational,
0: like Canada 2018, that first. Sensational. <laughs> like I, I, <laughs> I love it. it was, like it's it's almost crazy to see, like like when a guy goes down. Yeah, they they definitely think their front court is kind of just finished. Like I thought Adams was gonna just have yeah, a. steal. they definitely.
1: They've definitely stepped up by committee, uh, like you said, Cantor Collins. Um, Leonard, they, I mean, they're making it tough on Steven Adams. I mean, Steven Adams isn't this great offensive threat. He can, he's pick and roll. He can make a post mover too. Simple jump hook, but he's not the craziest offensive threat, but he's definitely a force down yeah. there. And I thought that would be advantage OKC, but exactly. I mean, Portland's doing pretty well, you know, so that's <coughs> definitely a good point there too. When Nurk, Nurkic when being down, I know he definitely happy to see that, but <laughs> they might get, you think they're going to get rid of him?
0: Um, like you were saying to me earlier. Not get rid of him. I think he's too good of a player, but I think it's something to think about. Um, I think you don't have to be as invested into that position as they are now. I'm pretty sure he has a pretty big contract. Right. Um, you can kind of just run it by committee maybe, and then – Maybe move him
1: for some wing yeah, help. Yeah, yeah. Uh, move him for some wing help. You know, like I said about those wings, you got to have a wing. So moving for some somebody on the wing that can play. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Because Lehman and Immuno yeah, are, are – Really solid, but as you you keep referring to, like you need a a Jimmy Butler, um, Tobias Harris type guy to go along with CJ and Dame. Uh, so let's I well before we move on to the Eastern Conference, um, the biggest surprise from the Western Conference, uh, so far the first two games in, what do you think that will be?
1: Well, obviously what we we're just talking about. Well, I, I mean I don't really find it a, a huge surprise that Dame's done that, uh, the. The Blazers are playing well against OKC because they're pretty evenly matched teams. And OKC struggles to shoot, okay. which is, you know, a death in, in the playoffs. It's, if you don't shoot the ball well, you're not going to play well in the playoffs. Yeah. But So I wouldn't really call that a surprise. I don't really know what surprised me. Or, or the biggest
0: letdown. That. Who's the biggest letdown so far to you from the West? Like, what you see? Uh, biggest letdown. Well, actually,
1: I'll say I'll say the Clippers beating the Warriors was definitely a surprise to me. Because uh-huh. um, I thought the war after that first game, I thought Golden State would run them off the gym again, and they were doing exactly that. And I stopped paying attention to the game uh, and checked the box score and had to turn it back on. You know what I mean? So um, that was definitely a surprise. What, what do you think?
0: Yeah, uh, I think. Well, yeah. Uh, to what your first point, I think the biggest letdown for me was. Okay, see, um, I knew they struggled shooting the ball this year, but five or 33, in the first game is just outrageous. You can't win ball games like that. Um, Russ, like, even though he had like a close to a triple double, like, I think that in itself is just indicative of triple doubles do not always translate to wins. And so, like, it's kind of just sad for me to see them. Just continually run into this wall. Uh, they ran into it last year against Utah, and they're probably going to run into it again this year, uh, unless they win four of the next six or yeah, six games. or five games Florida. remaining. Uh, yeah. So, I think they're going to have to make a change yeah. next year. Um, I don't know what that change is going to be, but they, like it's not going to work playing this style of offense. And I think that's more yeah. for they, us to look at himself.
1: They signed Billy Donovan. To extension before this year too, which is kind of confusing because I don't really see what they he's you know done or yeah why not wait until the playoffs there, until you know you
0: see what yeah. yeah
1: so yeah well they did that so I guess it's not gonna be a coaching change and I mean they prioritize Russell over Harden they prioritize Russell over KD and you know this is kind of what they are now so. Yeah. <laughs> Paul George, you, you decided to be there. You got to kind of make something of this. Yeah,
0: sign this fee.
1: And is it me or Paul George has been getting hurt around the playoffs every year? I mean, obviously, it's not his fault, yeah. you know, but that's kind of something you, you see in a player. Is he durable? Like, I feel like he's get, he gets nicked up, like, pretty bad, like, around the playoffs every year. Yeah,
0: and I don't want to make a broad statement, but, like, maybe it's, like, off-season conditioning or because you see what Harden, like, guys like Harden and LeBron have done um, in recent years kind of to prepare for the playoffs. And PG doesn't look... Nearly in the same shape, and that may be body types, but like for him to deteriorate around this time of year, every year is kind of a sign. Like you said, um, I think he said he couldn't lift his arms for four days, um, going into that first game, like, or both of his arms due to his shoulder injuries. Uh, so it's yeah, it's weird to me. Like, I don't want to knock a guy for being hurt, but eventually you're we're paying you one hundred and ninety million dollars, so. <laughs> like if you gotta yeah. sit twenty five no, no. and sit twenty five games but let's move on to the eastern conference um a slew of games
1: there's some there there's some laughable series so yeah. i mean the east is pretty straightforward um until that second round but go go ahead continue lead us uh, in
0: <laughs> first game um, Milwaukee and Detroit. Milwaukee beat the Brakes off from 121 to 86. No real competition there. Blake Griffin's not really playing this whole series. Um, I don't even think we have to really touch yeah. on this series. Giannis is. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah.
1: Like you were saying, this is, like I was saying, there's some laughable series is the one I was thinking of in, in, in general, uh, specifically this series. I mean, yeah, no Blake, no Blake. You got Giannis. You got the Bucks, the best team in the league. The Pistons, what lost like eight or last nine. And yeah, year. It, um, it it just it this series is what it was going to be. You know, four <laughs> 0 I mean, If the who was fighting <laughs> for that h c seed with Detroit? Charlotte,
0: so Detroit it was Miami. So, no, Miami was knocked out last yeah. night, and Detroit needed to beat New York <laughs> that last game of the year yeah. before. So,
1: got you. Yeah, so I mean, it would definitely have been better to see Charlotte just because they have Kemba, a guy that you can get the ball to, you know, and tell him to get a bucket. That's always great in the playoffs, like we've said, yeah. you know, previously. But um, and it would have been great to see Wade. I, I, I mean, the Pistons were the last team I wanted to see against go against the Bucks out of those three. But yeah, let's move on from the series. Corny series yeah. going to be four zero. Yeah,
0: Milwaukee beat them again tonight, one twenty to ninety nine to close. Um, the next series we'll get into is. The Toronto and Orlando series. So in that first game, Toronto um, was upset by Toronto, by Orlando on Saturday. I think they were just kind of surprised. Um, maybe still a little of that DeRozan curse lingering around. Uh, they lost that game 104 to 101. Uh, DJ Augustine and Evan Fournier really had a great night shooting the ball. Um, Pascal for the, the Raptors was ready to go from the gate. Um. Had a lot of buckets from that. He's so yeah, good, so man. active. Had a lot of buckets from that left wing block area in the first yeah. half. Five field goals in the painted area. I'm um, just kind of showing you how just of a uh, problem he is to contain on the glass. And then in the second half, Orlando right. did a great job um, just to kind of the hedging on those screens um, with Kawhi. Kawhi was handling the ball a lot. <laughs> um, they obviously held Kyle Lowry to zero points, which is, I guess, not a surprise <laughs> at this point. <laughs> um and then dj oxy
1: he was a plus 11 though interest the most interesting fact from this game is everybody on the team was minus every single person besides no uh powell and abaka who were just plus one which isn't anything crazy. kyle Lowry was a plus 11 everybody else in the star line is a minus so he was impacting the game somehow like he said in his post game press conference but i don't get how you're starting your your starting point guard in the nba an all-star and you go 34 minutes and you don't score a single basket, yeah. like eight, like, and you don't make, he was over two from the line, over six from three. I mean, over seven from the field. It's, it, that was, that's so crazy. So at, at what point that's to crazy. me is Nick
0: Nurse, and if you're Nick Nurse, do you just put Vlame Vleed in, like, and as ah, the starter, but do you start to give him a bulk of those minutes when you see Lowry go into those kind of slumps? Because we've you, you, seen it before, and I think you can tell pretty early.
1: They play together, though.
0: Yeah, but I would just pull Lowry off the floor. I mean, if they like.
1: Van Vliet played 27 minutes and Lowry played 34. Yeah. So I mean they, they they're on the court together for the most part. So I mean it's kind of how the teams flowing. You know you're kind of trying to match up. Um, you know with your opponent. Obviously, you know the the Magic go Fournier and <laughs> Augustine in their backcourt, who are relatively small. Why is Markel Fultz in the box score here?
0: <laughs> DMP coaches the- decision.
1: He's a minus. Yo, he he's really got zero minutes, zero all the way across the board, but he's a minus one. Yo, they really disrespect. Just for Cal. being there, that's crazy. He ain't getting just for being there. But um, yeah, I mean that game was surprising. You know, Toronto bounced back and killed them the next. Yeah, game. to close to close so, that first
0: game though. Yeah. Um, I I think just because Kawhi, we we've all been waiting to see him in the playoffs again in one of these settings. Um, before he shot that air ball, he had five straight just to kind of take the lead. Um, one one to ninety nine that game, like it was. Like if you haven't been watching the this Toronto series, I highly advise you—not you in particular, but to the listeners. Um, Kawhi, Kawhi yeah. is putting on a show, man. He went and closed that game out, and even though he shot the air ball. But then in the second night, when Toronto won one eleven to eighty two or eighty eight, yeah, um, like what thirty seven four and four, great at both ends, um, just kind of right. climbing back up that ladder of top players in the league once again for me. Uh, what are your thoughts,
1: man? Yeah, he is, of course, but that's it's the it's the it's the magic. He should be doing that. Now I ain't gonna be one of those haters to say that, but it doesn't surprise me. It's Kawhi, best two way player in basketball, mm-hmm. um, before this year, before Paul George had that crazy, you know, sixty game stretch where he probably was the best two way player. But yeah, it doesn't surprise me. The Raptors have a lot of guys that can, you know, go get a bucket. Not a lot of guys. They have Kawhi and Siaka maybe from the perimeter, but um, the Raptors, like I said. They uh seem to be the, the deepest team in basketball. showing Nick Nurse, first year coach, doing a great job for them. So um uh, like I said, that series is one one. I expected to go five. Mm-hmm. I expect Toronto to, you know, go get two in Orlando and then come back home and win. What do
0: you uh, think? Yeah, I predicted a sweep. Obviously that's wrong now, but I think um Toronto goes as you said, sweeps two in Orlando. Um, come back and close it out in Toronto. And if they do not, then I think then I think a lot of those questions will begin to arise again if Toronto's a um, serious contender because you can't drop games to a team like the Magic. But then again, uh, Team Sixers, Man,
1: they- man Sixers I'm hoping... They're dropping games. Right. I'm hoping that series goes long for the Sixers' yeah. sake.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Um... <laughs> The Celtics series, uh, is the next one we're going to touch on. Celtics won that first game, 84 to 74, really low scoring game. Um, a game in which only two players for the Pacers scored in double figures, Corey Joseph with 14 and Bogdanovich with 12. Um, 40, it was like what, 45 to 38 to end that first half. The Pacers were winning. Um, and then led by M- Morris and Kyrie in that second half, it kind of just shows you that you need a guy like Kyrie to step up, make buckets and, just end the game out for you, especially when it's a pretty low scoring game like that. Um, Morris had what 20 and seven got the line nine times. Uh, Celtics struggled to get to the free throw line this year. So that was kind of good to see for them showing their aggressiveness in the paint. Um, and then rounded out by Tatum, who I think had 15 that night, now Horford, who also contributed as well. Always solid. What are your thoughts on the first two or the first game that uh, Boston, Indiana series?
1: Yeah, first game was – it was ugly in that first half. I don't know if it was nerves. I don't know if it was great defense, but really low scoring. They picked it up kind of in the second half. Celtics had a really big third yeah. quarter where they kind of got their flow going. You know what I'm saying? You know, kind of realized how they want to play in this series. Um, today was a much better game. Yeah. Much better game.
0: 99-91. Uh, much higher. Uh, Went by the Celtics.
1: Not Yeah, 99. Right, right. Um, Kyrie was – Kyrie was spectacular. (laughs) Kyrie was 15, 15 for 26 from the field, six for 10 from three, 37 points. Um, He just, the way in the way he, you know, takes over games, you know, he, he has that Kobe that Kobe like gene where it's almost like he's willing his shots in. Like he's getting to his spots and he's like, bang, like I'm locked in. Like I, I, you know, I do this, I put in this work, like, this is nothing, like, it's easy, like, everything he does, you know what I mean, Kyrie got that swag mm-hmm. to um, Tatum, a big game from Tatum today, 26 points, 11 for 20 from the field, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they, Celtics came back, what well, they come back from today, I think a 13-point deficit in the fourth quarter, yeah. um, being in typical Celtics fashion, where they, you know, make those big runs, yeah. so this series is, uh, Kind of going on how I expected, I expect Indiana to win two in Indiana. I don't know. You don't, you, I'm pretty sure you don't. You think this series is going to be a shorter
0: series? Right? Uh, I think I said Indiana in six, or no, no I said Indiana, in, or no, I said Boston in five. I apologize. Um, in five, okay.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, I still got this series going seven. I think Indiana was right in the game those first two games. I think, uh, With the way Indiana plays, you know, they have a balance attack. You know, you obviously have Vagnanovich as your lead guy as far as scoring from the perimeter, but you still try to get, you know, Thaddeus Young involved. You got Tyreek Evans, you know, Miles Turner is in the mix, and obviously Darren Collison, you know, handling the ball for you. So, you know, the way Indiana kind of, you don't really know who's going to hurt you, kind of like that Celtics team um, of last year in the playoffs. Not as as athletic, but they really get after and defend. So... I think they can win two games on our home court and like I said, this is going to be a series that nobody wins um on the opposite court. So I think it's just gonna go back yeah. and forth.
0: Um and like you said, uh when you have games like that that are kind of tight towards the end of the game, you need a guy like Kyrie. Um he did it at the end of the second quarter when they were down like five straight buckets, uh or five straight points and the end of the third, same thing. Um it's just I think Boston is just they're exactly like like you said. They're exactly what Indiana was, or they're exactly how Indiana exactly Indiana is exactly how they are last year. They were last year. I'm sorry, I can't speak. Right. But yeah, in the, in playoffs. the playoffs. But I just think at the end yeah. of the day, they don't have a guy like Kyrie Irving. Um, and next year, hopefully, with Vic back, that that changes. But even even with Oladipo, I, I don't think they would have enough. I don't think Oladipo is that kind of guy um, to where he can. Could take a seven-game series away from a top-tier team like Boston.
1: Yeah, I mean, this Boston team is currently constructed. I think Indiana will give them a run for their money. I think Indiana could possibly beat them, and I don't even think Indiana will be in the five the five seed. I think they'll be a higher seed than Boston. Yeah. But uh, that's just my opinion. Especially, the, I think this Boston. I think Boston. This Boston team is going to make you know major changes because I I think they ultimately lose in the second round to Milwaukee after this long series with Indiana. Yeah.
0: Um, all right, let's move into our Sixers, man. Uh ups and downs for sure. Uh yeah. that first game, I wasn't I was I was upset for sure. Um but again, yeah, it was again brutal. I've seen that I've seen that <laughs> all year brutal. from us though. Like you can kind of tell in the first quarter when what kind of game we're going to get especially when our leader, our point guard is just has that cool guy look on his face and isn't really locked in. And it's just, oh, it's the playoffs and we're playing Brooklyn. and We've beaten them enough in the past. So we lost that game 111-102. Um, I guess some kick points from that.
1: It's not even so much that with Ben, though. With Ben, it's almost like I'm Ben Simmons. Like, I do what I do. Like, don't worry about me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm cool. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? It's not so much like uh brooklyn like it's brooklyn it's just like he out there like i was rookie of the year yeah, I was i'm gonna get my regardless like he, that, he act like he got that swag that yeah like and sometimes and that's what really hurts us that was really hurts us and him being so like such a like i don't know if you want to say cocky and arrogant or you want to say confident him being such sure a, like, both i agree you know it's so yeah but it, 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 he kind of walks with his chest out mm-hmm. him being such a guy like that um When he's when he's when he's struggling to shoot the ball from the perimeter, and teams are taking it away from him, he's so stubborn that he's not even going to try to do that. And you know, obviously, that's where the boos came in that first game. But you know, I was at, I was in, you know, I was in Derek's wedding at the time, so I was kind of just like box score watching and wasn't actually watching the game. But you kind of tell me what you think about you know the body language of all the players and the kind of the flow of the game, like how. So knowing knowing that a beat was. How would you say questionable
0: to start the game? Um, He had a strong start, got to the line a lot. He had eight points in the first quarter, Um, although he was one from seven from the field. He got to the line six times. Uh, I think that's something that Mm -hmm. we relied on a lot during the regular season, and obviously we can't do that as much this series just because he's a little banged up and we don't want to wear him down. Um, The first thing thing I really noticed was was we can't have TJ and – JJ guarding guys like Harris, Silver and Spencer Dunwoody, um, they were just. That's why TJ didn't
1: TJ didn't get a meaningful <laughs> minute in yeah. game two, and I love the adjustment mm-hmm. from Brett Brown. I love it. I mean, like people people die for him to make these adjustments, and you know he gets criticized so much. And he, I mean, he's on a hot seat. Everybody knows he's on a hot seat. He knows it. You know the the front office knows it. The Fans know it. The players know it. So I mean, I was so cool to hear. You know, at halftime of game two. He got right into those guys. I'm like, yo, like, we ain't about to let this series be 2-0 going to Brooklyn. Like, regardless if you think you have more talent than them, like, we got to win yeah. these games. Like, there's no, you got tomorrow. And, and that was a great call by you. You know, this team needed something yep. to wake them up. Um, they're, they're going to need something to wake them up, uh, saying they go down 2-1, which I don't think they, are, they do, just because of how much we locked in in that third quarter. That was so great to see. And I think it was great for the guys to see, like, if we really play this way, like, we can dominate this team. Like they're yeah. too small. <laughs> they play a zone, you know, they play a zone because that's how small they are, you know, trying to stop us. And, you know, if we do what we have to do, like Jimmy Butler has been saying, we'll, we'll yeah. be in good shape. And like you
0: said with Jimmy, like he, he was bringing it from game one Um, in the second quarter of that first game. uh, He really was the guy to save us. He kept us um, within reach uh, at 18 points. Uh. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, hit a step back on the right wing and the second quarter. Um, and that, but like, yeah, top, but ultimately, top. like that, like that first game, it showed how clogged the paint was, just particularly because Ben, like you said, wasn't being aggressive. Um, guys are dropping off, helping, doubling on a beat. Jared Dudley had a really good defensive game. Um, but then he didn't play the second night. Uh, and then leading into game two, uh, putting up 145, like you said, we just, Really turned it on, and everyone was locked in a lot more defensively. Guys were like Mike Scott, Jonathan Simmons. Thank God, didn't play a minute that second. Where he played a little bit, but didn't play wow. meaningful minutes. Um, we we got our guy back. Ennis. Um,
1: James Ennis, baby, thanks. No, <laughs> so crazy. Nobody would think you told me like in October when the season started when we had like Markel Foltz in our star lineup and Dario Sarge and Robert Covington that you know, the savior, not the savior of the season, but, you know, somebody that'd be such an interval, integral piece of our line. you know what I mean, of our lineup, yeah. James Ennis, and like, he's like, make or break our bench, you know, in playoff times. James Ennis, I'd be like, yeah. i will laugh at you, but he's, he played 12 minutes. I think he played 12 minutes he off the top right now. I think. He played 12 minutes. He had like, he was like two two for two from the field. He had six points. I think he had two putbacks. He had the put back, um, the tip in, with the left hand, and then he had the rebound. And he laid it up with his left hand. He's so, you know, aggressive on the offensive board. Mr. the
0: yeah. Yeah, This a great, great memory. That's the That's exactly right. I'm uh-huh. looking at it right now. Precisely right. Two 14 to plus fourteen yeah. that night, So
1: yeah, I, yeah, plus fourteen mm-hmm. in his twelve minutes. So yeah, he was doing his thing out there. Like he, you know, with the bench, with the bench, the bench unit. He's kind of like the stabilizer right now, and you're able to play him and. Sit TJ on the bench and have Jimmy Butler handle the ball off the bench. You know what I mean. Play with mm-hmm. the bench lineup, so you kind of can shorten the rotation and make because the rotation is already short. But you put him in it. You put Jimmy at the backup one. When Jimmy's tired, you put Ben back in. You take Jimmy out. You keep staggering those guys with a guy like Ennis. Ennis is going to be a, be able to play more minutes as we move on in the playoffs because Kyle's use on a restriction because of the you know injuries coming back on his quad. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we have to get Embiid. We have to get Embiid healthy, and we have to get all our guys healthy, but. Um, I
0: don't know. We, you think we're poised for yeah. run? Uh, I think that game really kind of just has got the ball rolling for the playoffs. We, I do think we'll make we'll end the series in six, just kind of like how I initially thought. But like we just have to keep doing what we're doing in game two. Like we, I, I to me, I personally want the Nets to shoot as many threes as they did that night. They went what fifteen for thirty six from the three point line, to shooting forty one percent. But like, you have to think like they had 10 in the first quarter or 10 in the first half and like eventually they had to cool off so as long as we're locking down the paint like we're not letting their guards just blow right by us and putting all that pressure on Embiid and Bolden who's a little bit of a lesser defender Dinwood, he was attacking Bobon relentlessly every single time he was in the game Um but I think
1: and yeah, Amavir. So I think
0: as long as we do a good job just staying in front of Care those guys somebody. and making them settle for threes, um, that leads to long rebounds, leads us to us pushing the ball in transition, and that's when we're at our best, um, and that kind of just gets us going offensively. But it's, I, I, I'm grateful for this series because unlike Milwaukee, um, we actually have a team that's able to tune us up and get us ready for the playoffs, like we said.
1: Yeah, I mean that could be a that could be a good or bad thing though with, with Embiid's lingering knee issue because you don't know how many games you want to play him. I mean, obviously you know you want to play him less games. As least
0: as as least games as possible. So I mean he only played twenty one uh, minutes last night. Obviously and I think that was good.
1: And he played twenty four yeah. right. Right, right now. But he's not, you know, practicing and whatever they're saying. He looks like kinda out of shape right now. <laughs> a little bit he looks a little out of shape, looks a little big right now not in his playing weight because he he can't practice. All he can really do is play, like play actual games, which is nuts, and he still dominates in the time he's in the game. But um, like you said, this series will probably end in six. I'm kind of still in denial. I hope we win five. I hope it's in five. I hope we win the next three. The way I look at it is if we win game three, there's no way we lose game four. I think if Brooklyn wins a game, they are riding off their momentum just being home in game three, and that's when they win their game. But I think I think it's going to be like that that Heat series of last year, where we win Game Three and then kind of just grind it out and win Game Four as well. I'm kind of hoping that's you know what. And it, if, it's and if that be. is the
0: case, that will show me a lot of the Sixers and how they are mentally. Um, I, like I don't want this to be uh like a game by game thing where one game we're locked in, one game we're kind of checked out. Like if, if if we're
1: right, how our se- exactly. how our season was. Yep, just how, that's how our season was. So I, I mean, I hope. Like the Celtics have been doing, they lock in for stretches. I hope we can just keep locking in for those five, for those five, six minute stretches. Cause that's what the good teams do. The Warriors, the Rockets, they just, they lock in for a run. Again, nice little 18 to four run in the middle of the third quarter. And that's the difference yeah. in the game right there. So we have the guys to do it. You know, our, we're, like I always been saying, we're a top heavy team, but our top guys are really good. You know what I mean? We, every series, we're going to probably have three yeah. of the four best players in the series. And if we continue you know to do So.
0: If we just so keep, yeah, getting keep getting to Tob- tobias rolling and continue to go up, l- or l- l-
1: tobias is very important. Tobias and JJ are both very important.
0: JJ, I kind of disagree not so much this series, just because I don't think when you're going up against three elite, not elite guards, but star guards, um, it's hard to kind of contain and like, and, and, yeah, just hide him, him on the up. floor. Yeah. So I think just what Brett Brown's doing, playing him like two minutes a night is good. You know, wide, to continue.
1: Right. You know why J.J. will always be so important and vital yeah. to our success, though, right? One reason. There's one reason. He's 6'10". He's Australian. Um, He's left-handed. and kind of right-handed. Ben Simmons, we, he yeah. needs to be on the court. He needs to be on the court. With J- like, J.J. has to, you know what I mean, just to balance out the fact that this dude doesn't shoot. So you give him more options on a perimeter, you can, ha- you can run J- J.J. off those dribble handoffs with Ben. And then you roll Ben to the, you slip Ben to the basket and you probably you probably get a 1-4 um or 2-4. And then they have the, you know, Ben um, Ben's dribbling the top of the key. They do the one two pick and roll mm-hmm. where JJ comes and screens for him, which has never really turned into a screen. It kind of just turned into a dribble handoff with Ben kind of brushing that defender just because Ben's defender's not guarding. Um, Ben's defender in this lane, he's in the lane. Just, he not guarding that. Ben not shooting the ball. So you need a guy out there that can make those crazy, unorthodox shots to kind of balance out Ben Simmons. Like they had in JJ Reddick, like they had in Marco Bellinelli, like they had in Landry shamet Like you need a guy like that next to Ben. Um, so he's always gonna be yeah. very, very important. And Tobias Harris, obviously, because you just need you need a front court guy to help Jimmy out. Like you can't Jimmy can't be the only one on the wing and in the you know, front court scoring a ball uh from the wing. So you need Tobias Harris to give you those 18 to 20 points yep. and just be that difference in the game. Cause a lot of teams don't have that. And he was that fourth guy. Like, yeah, we have the best. And he, sem- and he
0: was perfect that night, like 19 points, five rebounds, two assists, plus 30 on the floor, seven for seven from the free throw line, 50% from the three, shooting two, two for four. Like, so that's just like you are saying. that's exactly what we need from a guy like that. Like, and, and you won't notice it every single night, but that's consistency. And it's a, consistency that we weren't getting from Covington and Dario. Um, Right.
1: Yep. 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 It's so crazy to think about that, but yeah, that's why, that's why every time I get worried, I'm like that team, we, you know, that team was competing. And that's why this is the last thing I kind of want to finish with. And, you know, that's why I think the difference in the team is and why I give, why I do give Brett Brown the credit that I have to give him is, I mean, that we were, we were so, the whole city was so tough on him and everybody was so tough on him. And he was working with Robert Covington and Dario Sarge as three yeah. and four trying to win a championship with two young kids, with two young kids, Embiid and Simmons, who just, I mean, obviously they're very talented, you know, all time talents, obviously. But this is their first time there and their, their supporting yeah. cast is Robert Covington and Dario Sarge. And, you know, I was obviously as, Sixers fans, we're, we're in the loop at the time. We're thinking we can get it done. You think about all the possible yeah. scenarios that like can run in your head, how, you know, Robert Covington can match up with this team and that, but these yeah. guys just aren't good enough. You know what I mean? And that's who Brett was working with. And now, you know, Brett has a chance, like he's been saying before the playoffs start I have the best team I've ever coached. So it's like, all right, now it's time to see what, what what's going on. He made the adjustment in game two, and that's why I'm interested to see what he you know what he does moving forward in this in, yep. in this post in
0: this postseason. Yep. And so, uh, Brett, and this is, this is my last message to Brett. Please activate Sire. Like I know you may not be wanting to give him 11 <sighs> to 15 minutes a night, but last night when we're up what 30 damn near 30 points, like he could have he could have stole some minutes there late and just got on the floor. Yeah.
1: Stole some minutes. You got James Ennis has banged up. You never know if James Ennis can go down any second. You never know who can go down, especially a wing guy. If a, if a big goes down, we yeah. have four we have four centers. You yeah. don't have to have Greg Monroe active. Like Greg Monroe can have street clothes on. There's no reason he should be acting as Isaiah Smith shouldn't. Like I said, like I don't understand that.
0: Please, uh, I, well, you said Amir Johnson, uh, to close. What do you what do you think about that whole situation on the bench in Game One, uh, with the phone?
1: Yeah, I'm glad you asked me that because I have a strong opinion on this. I just think it's so blown out of proportion. Just because I know Amir Johnson as the player and yeah. kind of like what he is as a person, uh, he's a 13 year vet who uh, mm-hmm. earlier this year took an hour drive to go play with the Delaware Bluecoats, a G League team, just because he wanted to get some run. He had him, he had a couple of DMPs in a row. He wanted to stay in shape, so he didn't fly with the team out on a road trip. He, he uh, not the road trip when they. I think they went to Brooklyn and he went to Delaware, played with the Bluecoats. So that's his commitment as a player. As far as on the bench, I mean, if you look at the video, he's like he's like sneaking on his phone, but he's like serious. He's not like joking or anything. He's, he's did serious. And obviously, Embiid said after the game, you know, it was he, his daughter's really sick. He was talking about his daughter. He was checking on her. And you know, it, it was what it was. It's it's not acceptable for him to do that. And you find him, and you keep moving forward. But to say, "Oh, oh, the whole team wasn't focused," because no, come on, like <laughs> it doesn't even it doesn't even train like just knowing who a yep. and, and that's something
0: like that. Uh, that speaks to us just being fans of the team. When you know a guy, and you know what he contributes. Like you said, um, sometimes you give a guy the benefit of the doubt. And so he he is the last guy that I am going to jump on and say, "Hey, he's not focused," especially when. Um, he wasn't even playing that night. Like, it's not like he was checking in and out of the game. Like, I'm sure if, if he was actually going to get some burn that, that night, um, then the situation would have been different. He wouldn't have had his phone in his, in his up. but, uh, so far we look good. I think, uh, we have a really important game tomorrow night going up to Brooklyn. I think just let's win that game, kind of just demoralize Brooklyn a little bit going into that third game on Sunday. Um, then we should be all right. Anything else you'd like to add?
1: Yes, sir. Nah, man. Uh, y'all know what the vibes are. TNT hoops, you know what I'm saying? Like, follow us on Twitter, uh, slang hoops chat, subscribe to the pod, tell a friend to tell a friend. You know what I'm saying? We're pumping out more content these days. So we hope to keep you all informed on the NBA and what we think yeah. about it. Uh, That's all yeah, I got same thing. Me.
0: Thank you guys for listening to TNT hoops. Shoot around volume four. Um, We're going to keep giving these sporadic episodes, but it's the playoffs time. So we're going to give you just try to get like two games under our belt from all the teams before we try to make reviews and assessments. So we don't want to just record on set days like if there's only one or two games that we have to go off of. So thanks for your support. Thanks for subscribing and liking. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Love.